So the issue is the, is the Torah's competitive theory. Uh, and it's a, an important issue for anybody who's in business. And since anybody who has something to contribute to others is in business, it's important for, for everybody. Uh, there are different ways of understanding the, the, this piece of Gomorrah, so I'm going to just explain it in the, uh, in the most consolidated way that I can. It's the Mishnah on Daflam al where the Mishnah talks about the fact that in the Beit HaMikdash there were various artisans and craftsmen who were able to do very specific tasks in, in, in very, very fine ways. And the problem was that they would not pass this, their craft onto others. They didn't train anybody else. There was no succession. Uh, and the Mishnah says, the, the Chachomim used to talk about them disparagingly. And it lists them. There was Beit Garmu who used to know how to make the, the, the Lechem Apanim, the bread, the 12 loaves of, of weekly bread. And there was Beit Haftinas who knew how to do the Ketoret exactly right. And there's Hugras bin Levi who knew how to sing in a particular way for the Levim. Um, and there was... Um, there was Ben Kamtsar who knew how to write uh, in, in an amazing way. He could write the Shem Hashem holding four pens in his hand, fingers at one time, and, and he could write all the, the, the four letters of Hashem's name simultaneously. Uh, just very, very skilled. On the earlier ones, uh, it said these people are mentioned for for blessing, for good. Uh, and on the others it says, um, and, the, and the name, the reputation of wicked people will erode, will rot eventually. Uh, and again, different ways of learning the Mishnah. But what seems clear is that there was an evolution, there was a, a transition. At first the Chachomim thought very badly about these people, and later on uh, things improved. Uh, and the Mishnah tells us about that phase of thinking badly about them because that's important too. We need to know why the Chachamim thought badly about them and then why they changed their minds. And the Gemara brings a, a various bright thoughts that give the background to this Mishnah. What's the, what, what actually happened? What was this all about? It's all quite mysterious. So it tells us about the Beit Garmu first. It goes through all of them, but the, the one we'll do today is Beit Garmu. They knew how to make the Lechem Apanim. They didn't want to teach anybody. The Chachamim said, you know what, if you're going to hold this as a monopoly and you're not willing to let anybody else know how because you think that way you're going to keep your prices high or whatever, we'll bring in artisans from Alexandria in Egypt. There's some amazing artisans there and they brought a team of artisans in. And they could make the Lechem Apanim just as good as the as these people could. However, there were aspects of it that they couldn't do the same way. The process of the baking was different. And the same story with the ones who could do the Ketoriot. They, they brought these other people in, and they could do a pretty good job, but not exactly like these people could do. When the Chachamim heard this, Amru kol and this is very important because this, this gives the, the real approach and attitude of the Chachamim. So when the Chachamim heard that they had brought others from, from outside, from Egypt, but they just couldn't do it as well, they said whatever Hashem has created, He created for His own honor. Shenemar, and then the Gemara brings the posuk from Yeshayahu, Kol anikra bishmi velichvodi berativ yitzativ afasitiv. 
And the Malbim explains, I brought the Malbim in the, in the sources, the Malbim explains that Hashem is saying, everything, I've, I created everything, and I created everything in order to, uh, for, for my honor, so that through everything, ultimately, the Kavod Hashem, the honor and glory of Hashem will be revealed. That's why I've created everything in the world is for that. The reason that everything and everyone is created is ultimately to play a part in, in the unfolding of evolution of the revelation of Hashem's glory and honor. Then or the way the Bach brings that the, the Gilsis, and the Chachomim instructed, send the Alexandria team back to Alexandria and put Beit Garmu back on the job. So the Chachomim sent for Beit Garmu to come back and back to work. They're on strike. They say, stay with your, your guys from Alexander. Don't ask us to come back because you're in a mess now. They doubled their wages. And they came. And then the Gemara goes into how much they doubled their, their, their wages. So the Chachomim said to them, Why did you never teach anybody else? What was going on with you guys? Now that you're back on the job, and you're earning twice as much as you were, tell us, what was the issue? We knew it's a tradition in our, in our family that ultimately this temple will be destroyed. We're worried that the secrets of, of the production of these items and these skills will get into the hands of the wrong people. And they'll go and use these skills for for, for idol worship. Uh, and then the Gemara adds, There's something about which right throughout this period, the Chachomim always used to mention them praiseworthily, that Lord in their family there was never a case where they had really beautiful refined bread. So that nobody could suspect them of using the lechem apanim or the flour from the lechem apanim for their own for their own souls. So the chachamim, although they were critical of their monopoly, were recognizing of their character and how careful they were about so many things. So, so much to learn from this Gemara. For, for, firstly, just this last point that even when you're critical of somebody, you've got to be able to see the good as well. You've got to be able to, to understand um, the, the, the merit in the person. The Chachomim were able to say, this that you do is not okay. That you hold it as a monopoly, we're not, that, that's not in order. But there are the wonderful things that you do, and we recognize that. Um, later on, the Gemara goes on, and at the bottom of the page, uh, there's a story where Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri met one of the descendants of these people and he gave them the secret. He asks, why are you giving it to me and you didn't give it to the family? And he says, because there was a reason why we never did, but for you, we, you, you, you'll take care of it. And when I came and told Rabbi Akiva the story, says Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, he said, From now on, you can never talk disparagingly about these people because it's now evident that their intention was really, was really good. Uh, so well, how did the Chachomim misjudge their intention before? Because if their intention was, the Chachomim assumed that if their intention was, was good, they, um, they would have obeyed. When the Chachomim told them what to do, they would have obeyed. Um, they wouldn't have taken double the wage just to, when, it, when it suited them. Their behavior seemed to indicate that their intention was not 
Mikan Omar ben Azai, from here, ben Azai used to say, Beshimcha yikra'ucha vimkomcha yoshivucha. If you call in Hashem's name, they will return you to your place. Umishalcha yitnu lecha, and what you'll earn will be your own. Ein adam nogea b'muchan lechavero, ve'en malchut nogat b'chavero ta'afilu kemalinim. And nobody can touch the income of their friend. Nobody can, no kingdom can, can extend beyond its given time even the tiniest little bit. So, so what, what, are we, what are we seeing from here? The important, the, the pivotal point is that posuk of, uh, of um, when the Chachomim say, why, why, why does that posuk, why does that verse cause the Chachomim to change their whole approach? Uh, what are they really saying? So what we see over here is the Chachomim are saying, Every person, every single person, has been created with a, his or her own way of adding to the glory of Hashem. And you see from here that nobody can take that away from you. So, so they're being criticized. And the Chachamim are saying, you see what happened, uh, saying to Beit Garimu, for example. Look what happened. You thought that you need to hold your monopoly because if somebody else learns how to do it, it will cheapen your service. So you, so, so you refuse to teach it to anybody else. So we imported labor. And what happened? The labor we imported was technically good, but they couldn't do what you do. And every person has to know that. Somebody maybe can make the product that you make, but they can't do it the way you do it. Nobody can do what you do the way you do it, provided you're not imitating other people. If you're just technically imitating what other people do, then others can imitate you. But if, but if you understand what you've been here to create and to do, then nobody else can do it exactly the same way as you. They can do part of it. They can do some of it. Maybe they can do it cheaper. Maybe they can do it quicker. But they can't do what you do if you're using who you are. And you should know the Chachoyim are saying, therefore you should have relaxed. And it's interesting, the, the Ben Yoyada says that they, the, um, that's the Ben Ishchai, says they raised their, their fee for good reason. They wanted to teach. This is really valuable. The fact that we were doing it cheap is not because this is cheap work. It's not because we were afraid of competition. We knew you'll never find anybody. So why, didn't we, why weren't we expensive from the beginning? Because we did it as a service to the base of Mikdash. But once you start treating us commercially, and you start bringing in competition and thinking other people can do it, then we'll charge commercially. And, and that's the fee that we'll do. You've now forgotten your right of being able to get our, our donation. And the Chachomim agree, and they pay them double. So you see that the Chachomim are okay with that. The, um, and, and this is so important in business. I haven't got time to go into it fully now, but, the, but it's, it's the, the core of the strategy work that I do with businesses throughout the world. And one of the great examples was... Um, and the reason is because when I do strategy work with, with a company, the first thing I do is work out what did the Rebbe put you in this world to do? What are you here to do that nobody else can do? Because that's where you'll find the strategy that nobody can compete with. If you're doing what other people can do, then other people can do it. But if you can find, and, and, and the whole process through which we go with these, with these companies is to figure out what is it. In your area of work, what did Hashem put you here, this group of people, this company, whether it's 50,000 people or five people in the company, what did Hashem put you here to do and build your strategy out of that, the same as we see here. Because if it's for Chod Shamayim, if you're making a difference to the world, 
and you're doing it using who you are, nobody can, nobody can imitate that. And I remember once sitting with a, with a CEO of a very large company, and I'd just done a whole strategy for him. It took months and months. Um, and he tells me the story that a competitor came into his office and said, I heard about the strategy that you did with these guys. What was it about? He said, here it is. And he gave him a full copy of the file. I said, are you out of your mind? This is your secret weapon. Why did you give it to your, to your competitor? He said, because they can't possibly imitate it. This is ours. This is who we are. They're not us. I want them to spend the next 10 years trying to become us because they'll be so distracted from who they should be. Because each person should be them, not be somebody else. And he got it. He really got it. He really understood it. And that's this, this whole piece of Gomorrah. You don't have to worry about the, the artisans from Alexandria. They can't do what you do. And, and we, Chachomim, shouldn't try and bring the artisans from Alexandria because everybody's created to do a particular thing. And Beit Garmu is cre- created to do this piece of work, and that's theirs. We shouldn't try and bring in anybody else to try and do it a little cheaper or to create competition. It's not necessary. And then Ben Azai says at the end of that that you should know the Rashi here is beautiful, where Rashi, Rashi says, Mikan Omar Ben Azai, Mimase Beit Garmu Chachamim from the fact that the Chachomim tried to remove these people from their places, and they couldn't, they didn't succeed. From there we learn that lo yid agadam lo marploni panasati. Never worry about your competitor eroding your income. Ki yikraucha. They will call you back, even if your competitor pushes you out temporarily. They will call you back. Your customers will call you back. To come back and sit in your place. Because nobody can replace you. Provided you're doing it L'Shem Shemayim. And provided you're doing who you are. You're being authentic to who you are. If you're just stum doing, you heard it's a good thing to do. And you go and you follow the, the best practices of what everybody else does. So they'll also do best practices. But if you really use who you are and you do what you're designed to do. Nobody can take that, uh, th- that away from you, and eventually you'll find um, that, that, you're, that you're brought back to it. Um, so it's interesting that there are the two sides of the Gemara. On the one hand, there's the valid objection of the Chachomim to the fact that they didn't expand their, their, their craft. The Meiri brings and says that they, they should have been willing to do, even if others couldn't do it the same as them. But to hold on to it... if if it's going to be marbekvod shamayim, if you know something, which by sharing with others, God's glory would be increased, you have to do that. You don't have to worry about what will happen to your panosa. That's taken care of. And on the other hand, there's also self-criticism. The Chachomim themselves, as Rashi said, they tried to get rid of this Beit Garma and all the others, and it didn't work. So you've also got to learn that at the end of the day, everybody's here to play a specific role. And as long as you're faithful and authentic to what you've been put here to do, and you don't try and be someone you're not, and you try to do for Hashem that which Hashem put you here to do, nobody can take your place and nobody can displace you.